Hi, and welcome to the In the Cortex podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Paloma Garcia. And I am Danny Perricone. And we're the founders of In the Cortex, an online community with programs that show people the tools that they need to change their lives through brain reorganization. No medication, just movement. When you get your brain out of survival mode and regulate your nervous system, you start to live in the fun, logical part of the brain, the cortex. Subscribe today and learn how to live your best in the cortex life. And now, on to today's episode. And today we have an extra special cortex moment. Every morning I do my brain work and I'm so cortex and I worth it every day. Okay, I don't have any more meltdowns, so so skip the meltdown. I stopped biting my nails. Now they super salt. Yeah, my hair is super long. It's like this. My mommy can brush my hair, and she and I don't whine or cry. When everybody says me to do something, I do it. I. Okay, today we're going to talk about how to spot a survival brain and what to do about it. So we're going to be making what might be making a real neuroscientist in a lab kind of cringe right now because we're going to break this down to make it make sense. Our goal here at In the Cortex is to normalize brain reorganization and doing it from a space of really understanding the why behind what's going on in the brain. Exactly. So let's go over some of our ITC terms. When we talk about the pawns, remember, if you've listened to some of our older episodes, we're talking about that anxiety, fight or flight, reactive brain. When we talk about the midbrain, we're talking about the part of the brain that's more involved in our prioritization, organization, motivation, and dopamine creation. That all rhymed. Um, When we talk about the primitive brain or the survival brain in general, we're talking about all of that together along with our primitive reflexes and basically the whole structure of the brain and the brainstem that is designed to react and keep us alive. We talk a lot about survival mode and, but we really want to dive into like, what does this actually mean in our daily life? We also share that survival mode is the same thing as saying a dysregulated nervous system or a lot of people know it as the fight, flight, freeze response. And we also have added in more recently the fawn response. So we're, we're our goal here is to really break this down so you can understand what that looks like in day-to-day living, but ultimately to create more compassion in the world because we're all doing the best that we can. And there is so much more that we can do, and that's what we're here to share with you at In the Cortex, but we really want you to understand what does this look like in day-to-day living so that way everyone can just kind of normalize that, hey, we're all operating from these things and there's no judgment or shame here, but we're just here to spread the word of this is what you can do about it and this is what it looks like. I think it's important to talk about survival mode and what it actually means, right? So it's the part, it's our brain going into a reactive state where its only goal is to keep us alive. And so, like we said in a different episode, if you're going to be run over by a car or if you're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger, that's great. You want that on. What happens is a lot of what's going on in our day-to-day life is not life or death. These are perceived threats. And so our nervous system and our brain is still learning how to adapt to those things, especially if our brain is underdeveloped, right? And so if we didn't get that movement in that first year of life. So that's how we're kind of tying this all together and why this 
everything we're going to talk about in this podcast is about how it actually shows up in your day-to-day life. All of us are probably walking around with some sort of disorganization in our brain nowadays, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. The whole point is to share with people that there are so many things that you can do at home. So for example, you can go take our quiz. It's going to be linked in the show notes. You can also find it on our social media and our link in bio um, and all those places and on our website. And we suggest you do this before listening to the rest of the podcast, because we are going to go through like the different neurological profiles that go with that first part of the brain, the pawns that I was talking about earlier, which is that anxiety survival mode brain, that reactive brain, right? And we ask that you take this quiz, you can take it for yourself, you can take it maybe for a child, a partner, a friend, or ask them to take it. And we want to make sure that we're looking at ourselves in the mirror before we're going to go, you know, help on anybody, right? Because we're here. The whole point about of this episode is to learn how to spot a disorganized brain, a brain that's in survival mode, but we are in survival mode ourselves. It's going to be a little bit harder, you know, to help anybody else. So we're all about putting on the oxygen mask before helping others. So first go ahead and get an idea of what your brain profile is and then come back to the podcast so we can go over them. And don't be totally shocked and surprised if you're, or even feeling bad about yourself. If you're like, Oh my gosh, I just got the results of hot mess express Yeah, uh, because I will be very much relating to those people who have those results. Cause that was me. And this is Danny, by the way, talking. <laughs> um, so go ahead, check it out. Now we're going to break down the movement piece because our biggest thing here is understanding that the way that you move is exactly connected to what is showing up with your results and the ones that you just took the quiz for. So the movement part, this is fun. You can try this out now. You can have somebody record you. You can have someone watch you and give you the feedback. But again, it's humbling. It's a very uncomfortable feeling at first because you're like, well, we're humans. We're supposed to be on our feet all the time. Why would I get back on my belly? That's so weird and so awkward. I am <laughs> yeah. not a baby and we're not calling you babies. But once you start doing these <laughs> movements with us and all of our members can attest to this, it's just this natural thing that we all just gravitate to. So that's our goal here in the cortex is to normalize laying on your belly and moving across the floor, even though it feels so weird. So many people come up to us and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that. It felt so weird at first, but then it started feeling really right and like what my body needed. Yes. So here's how you're going to check out where your brain is. And remember, we're only focusing on the pawns. This is when a baby is developing this part of the brain from zero to five months of life. So you're going to lie on your belly and you're going to move across the room. It's best to do on slick flooring. It's really hard to do on carpet, but if you're in a pinch, you can go ahead and try it just to kind of see what your body wants to do. And you have to keep your hands in front of you. Your chest is down on the floor. Your belly is down on the floor. And the key part here is move your body any way you want to get across the floor. Okay. So as you're doing that movement, the person who's watching you or you yourself can tune into what does my body naturally want to do? Do I naturally have both of my hands moving in front of me at the same time? Is my right hand going first and then my left hand is coming after and it's alternating? Do I have both of my legs wanting to bend and push? And this is kind of giving too much information away on these movements. Yeah. But we want you to tune into what is your body wanting to do, okay? So 
we don't want to give it all away because it is important that you do the movement that's natural. And so much of our society is so concreted in what's right and having to be a perfectionist and, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. But this is where we get really raw and real here at In the Cortex. And we really want you to do what felt natural for you. Yeah. And tag us in your videos. If you made a video, tag us on Instagram. If you're a brave soul, we have so many people that tag us in their videos on TikTok. And so we'll stitch your video and we'll do a little assessment and kind of tell you what that means for your brain. But the reason Danny's talking about not like overthinking about the way that you're moving is because these movements are completely reflexive. These are movements that babies are naturally designed to do, right? When a baby is on their belly, you don't have to like teach them to move their arm and then their leg and this and that to start creeping. This is called creeping, by the way, the movement we're doing. It, they just do it naturally. So that's what we're trying to do is to get you away from that logical part of your brain that's always trying to analyze everything and do everything perfectly, which like we've all been there and just let your body move the way it naturally does. And so that's how we're going to get into a little bit of that along with the quiz. Um, is going to tell us more about your brain, about anybody that's listening or anybody, you know, because this is all about spotting the brain, right? The disorganized brain out in the wild. We want to know when people are in survival because we want to know how can we help them out and how can we, you know, keep things as calm as possible. And if you're listening to the, to this, you probably understand that feeling. So the first, and I guess the least developed brain profile is what we call in the quiz, the hot mess express. And all of our results on the quiz are meant to be funny, just to take it lightly. Because once again, we understand that the challenges associated with a disorganized brain can be so, so hard, almost debilitating to a certain point. But that's why we like to give it a little bit of levity and make it fun. Because the truth is, this is life. We got to live it. And this is, you know, we have so many tools that we can use. And it's honestly not fun to get the hot mess express um, no. breakdown. That was me. I was a hot mess express. I was literally the person that just did everything with such an energy attached that people just like looked at me with like the head cocked to the side. Like, is she okay? Is she doing okay? Um, and this is answer is no. <laughs> yeah, right. And the answer was no, I am a complete mess. Like everything that ever, from the minute I wake up in the morning to the minute I go to bed at night was just like chaos in between. And it wasn't that I wasn't a high functioning person able to do things. It just everything was so much harder than it needed to be. I was late all the time. It was all the things, even though I was able to do so much in, in life, I was working so much harder than I needed to. And that's really how we can look at this is, totally. are you working harder than you need to? So the hot mess express people are working over time. Everything that's happening for them is literally coming into them. And that survival brain is interpreting every stimulus as survival. So for example, I'm late to work. Oh my gosh, it's survival time. I have to cut people off. I have to zoom through this light. I have to go as frantically as I possibly can. And in the process of being that person trying to get on time, number one, you're not getting any closer to being at your deadline on time. But what you are doing <laughs> is probably spilling your coffee on your lap or creating some road rage situations on the road. And then you're sweating and then you just show up to shovel. That was 100% me. So this person, when they get on the floor, they sometimes just can't even move and they go, wait, move, huh? How? Their brain cannot figure out how do I move from point A to point B across the room. And, and then if there are people like you who could be athletes, they can be super coordinated and like move all the time, right? Like you can be very, very coordinated in your, in your day-to-day -day life. And then you get on the floor and you're like, what? Yeah. I do not yes. know what to do right now. <laughs> 
And that's what's so crazy. So this is not talking about your intelligence. This is not talking about anything that's like really you. It's just how is your brain wired? That's really the key part here. So that was me. I could not move. And if I did move, it was like, it was as if I had no lower half to my body, literally pulling myself with both of my hands across the floor. So I had no lower body engagement. And this comes in different forms too. Sometimes people put their feet up in the air. Sometimes they do this like squirmy thing and then they take their hands down by their side and they're by their hips and they're trying to like shuffle themselves forward. So we see a lot of variation within it, but ultimately it's the person who's just like unable to figure out how to move. And so those people are the hot mess express. So if that was you on the quiz, you just got on the floor, did that connect, did that resonate with you? And so then after that, we have the mediumly messy, uh, which is kind of when you have one leg going. So you're going to have both hands pulling and one leg is kind of moving. It can be either the left or the right leg. And these are people who do have a little bit more of that foundation right in the pawns. And so they're able to take on a little bit more. So they might be able to deal with one stressful situation at a time. If they have two things on their plate, if there's a deadline and then suddenly something's going on in their personal life, or they are hungry or tired or anything else that's kind of interrupting whatever they're meant to focus on, that's when they're going to start to also go into that fight, flight, freeze mode, right? And so the reaction is often the same. It just might be a bit of like turned down a little bit, right? So they might not be raging for four hours and being like totally, totally like super angry about something, but they will still be the people who are feeling that anxiety. They're feeling that reaction. And ultimately, actually, this what this is about is you're reacting rather than responding to the world, right? Like things that are happening, it's just go, your, your brain and your body are just going. And yeah. sometimes you look back and you're like, oh, I didn't mean, to, why did I do that? That was mean. Or that was, you know, maybe not the most myself that I've ever responded to something. And so that probably happens often to these first two profiles. No, Danny? For sure. And I, I look at it as like, what's your threshold for handling stress? So if you yes. are totally understanding, you're like, oh, you just listed out some of the things that I experienced in my day-to-day -day life. It just means that your threshold, your bandwidth for being able to get through all the things that life brings you is very limited. And so that's why you go to reaction mode because your brain is going, uh-oh, it's time to survive. This one stressor is equivalent to my life being in a true life or death situation. And this is the key part. It's distorted. It's not reality. Mm -hmm. And that's just why people would look at me and with like their head cocked to the side and be like, is she okay? Like, that's so not what just happened. And how many times have we been in those situations where we're hanging out with people, we all experience the same stimulus and we all react and respond differently. And some people are like over extreme, like a spider crawls on them and they like flail around and they're like, a hot mess and everyone's just standing there staring at them like, wow, that must have been really intense for you. And it's true because every person only knows their own profile. You only know yeah, what yeah. you feel like. You don't actually, you can't actually go and experience what it feels like to be in other people's shoes. You can empathize as best you can, but you really don't know what they're experiencing. So that's the key part is understanding that everyone is truly experiencing these things at a very real level but there's a massive distortion happening. And then when you get further along the scale here, so as we look at the threshold, getting more um, able to handle what's happening in life, we have the next category, which is mildly messy. And this is what we call the 50 percenters. These are the people who probably have two legs going. 
and they're able to move across the floor. I'd say they'd still be getting worked up. It's still challenging for their system, but they actually have an understanding of how do I move from point A to point B across the room. And they are the ones that are able to handle one to two, maybe three things at once before they completely fall apart. And those, those depend on the stressors. So if you're someone who's like, oh, I've got kids, I have a presentation at work, and then all of a sudden a kid gets sick, that's like, boom, I'm out. I can't deal with this. This is too much for my system. And then they're screaming and yelling and shortness, and we've all experienced that. So that's the mildly messy category. And the last one is the little messy, which is actually where I started out this journey of brain reorganization where you probably are like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm not like that at all. I don't react ever. And <laughs> actually, once you look at it, you're like, oh, wait, yes, I do. And so a lot of the time when you have, this is like a 75% development. So most of the time you actually do have it under control. But what happens, at least what I have experienced and what we see in a lot of our members is that there's like an underlying piece of you that's always in that fight or flight mode, right? So for example, for me, and this is something that I have started to notice very recently because we, Danny and I decided to restart our own program from beginnings. And I haven't changed, feeling these crazy changes in myself and not, I guess I hadn't really noticed a lot of behaviors that were very, very much pawns, fight or flight behaviors, right? So for example, a lot of controlling, a lot of like, wanting everything to be an exact, in an exact order, in an exact way to happen in a certain time. Even like with food, for example, it has to be the exact thing that I wanted to eat. If not, I'm not going to eat it. Right. Or if somebody's going to come to my house, I need to know exactly what, when they're coming, who else is coming. Like anything that's like out of what I had planned is not, is not, is not something I was okay with. Right. And so I was able to kind of take most of the stressors in my day-to-day -day life very calmly. And I still am, but I didn't notice there was still part of me that was holding on to also a lot of perfectionist tendencies. So that's that control piece, right? And for a lot of people, it's this, but for other people, it shows up more as disengaging, right? So, oh, I just don't like to do that. Oh, that's just not my thing. We all have these moments and we're, where, where we find those compensations, but really it's still your brain being like, I know that if I go into that situation where things are not fully controlled, where everything's not perfect, my brain's not going to like it and I'm not going to be okay. So that's kind of like the way that we figure out how to deal with it. So honestly, the people that have the 75 to even the hundred percent development are really good at compensating. And a lot of us have figured out the, the methods that work to not put ourselves in that fight or flight mode as often. We oftentimes get asked, well, does anyone have 100% development in any parts of this? And the answer is yes, but most people aren't seeking us out, number one, if they don't have any of these challenges, because they're like, that doesn't <laughs> apply to me. And number yeah. two, we do see, we have seen a couple of brains that have 100% development. But like we mentioned in other episodes, we're living different lives than we ever have lived before. So the uptick in, in survival mode is huge. We have seen a drastic increase in the responses across the planet now of how people are interpreting information. So if you are somebody who is experiencing that that just all resonated with you, don't forget to tag us in your video, send them to us. 
Um, and really quick, we're just covering the pawns part of the brain, that one part of the profile of zero to five months of life. We will talk about in another episode, the midbrain, the primitive reflexes, and the subconscious beliefs. Remember the midbrain's the filter, the organizational brain, the reflexes. Those are the automatic instinctual movements designed to keep you alive in your first year to two years of life. And then our subconscious beliefs, those beautiful things, they just follow us everywhere we go and something that we have to identify and look at. So if none of that creeping stuff made sense to you, don't worry, stay tuned. We're coming back for more information on the things I just listed. So now but we're going to talk- it might have made sense for somebody that you know. It doesn't have sure. to be just for you, right? So that's what uh-huh. we're going to talk about now. Yes. And so now- Here's a big thing, and this is something that we get tagged so much on social media, is what do you do now with somebody who's in their survival brain? And we see this all across social media channels where people are losing their minds on, you know, going to a restaurant, the order got wrong. This just happened to me the other day. I was at a furniture store, and a guy walked up to me, my fiance, and then the person helping us, and he just raged. And everyone just sat there stunned and was like, wait, what just happened? Why is he so upset? Because he had to wait, something like that. It was something like his brain was obviously in that space of taking in information in an incorrect way. And um, he went to survival mode. And really quick, when we're in that mode, there is no logic available. Mm -hmm. He's in full reaction, full, you know, go for it. And we'll talk about that in a second, but there's no logic. There's no talking through something. There's no looking at the bigger picture, right? You're in right. that moment and all you can see is what's right exactly in front of you and what you're feeling coming from your body and your, you know, all the adrenaline that's pumping through yeah. your bo- your veins. And and then people say what? Oh, just calm down. And you're like, oh, gee, yeah. I didn't think to calm down when I'm in the state, right? And then that's when someone usually picks something up and chucks it at your head. Um, yeah, like somebody was telling says, me the other yeah. day, they, they were telling their friend like, oh, you know, she was getting really stressed out. So I told her, you know, it seems like you stress out really easily. She's <laughs> like, helpful. okay. <laughs> um, or someone tells you just like, let's just take a deep breath. And when you're in those moments, that's what a lot of the tools on the, in the world are today is like, take a deep breath, count mm-hmm. to 10, name two things you see, name two things you smell, name two things you hear. You That has to turn into just this habit when it happens. Our work at In the Cortex is helping your brain stay regulated so it doesn't have to go to that place. So this is really important. When you just went and did all those movements, the the way you move will share where the brain goes. So as your brain figures out a more efficient way to move across the floor, that's now a sign you have the ability to now just pause and do all these things without having to think about it. That's such an important piece, but not everyone's fully regulated. We know that first. And so if you spot a pawns and you see someone dysregulated, if you see that survival mode happening in person, number one thing is check in with yourself. Are you mm-hmm. calm? Are you feeling activated? Do you need to walk away from the situation because it's turning something on in you? And we already know two pawns turns into a brawl. So we need to make sure that <laughs> if you're noticing that and you just walk away and it's, you know, just go take care of you, calm yourself down. Then you're going to check them. Are they, how enraged do they seem, right? Because remember, if you engage, you enrage. So mm-hmm. that's where you want to decide, do I want to get into this or am I not going to? Oftentimes the answer is no. no. So what we do is, what we suggest is 
just don't engage with them. If this right. is a small thing, especially when you're talking, for example, with kids, if it's a small thing, you can usually still talk to them about it, right? If they're still not super upset. But once the person is very, very, very dysregulated and they're screaming, they're crying, they're throwing things, whatever that might be for each person, boredom is the best way to get back into your cortex. So if you stop engaging, eventually they'll come down. Right. And that's the number one thing because you want to take care of yourself as well. Right. And getting into that pawns, heated argument, trying to calm down, trying to get them, you know, touching them and talking to them and trying to get them to calm down, quote unquote, is only going to make it worse in the moment. So if you're able to remove yourself from the situation, we highly suggest that you do that in that case. Right. When the person is just like really on a different level. For sure. You cannot be bored and in survival mode at the same time. That's really important to know because your brain is looking for the threat. It's looking for the adrenaline rush. And if it's not there, then your brain just clicks back into cortex mode. So parents- I know I've been there. Like whenever I would have like a tantrum when I was little and they're like, go to your room. And then 10 minutes later, you forget what it was all about. You're like, hey mom, by the way, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what is going on with you? It's like you forgot, right? About what happened. It's true. And honestly, like- when you calm yourself down and you go, we have in the show notes in a couple episodes back about doing a brain hookup. That is the best way to calm your system down. When you see dysregulation happening around you, put yourself into yes. a brain hookup and then help calm your system. And that's another thing too, is you can actually f- see the physiological changes in a person when they go to survival mode, their eyes mm-hmm. dilate. You can see the reddening of the skin. They're sweating. You can see their demeanor change. You can just see that like breathing shift into like, they're shifting in their chest and they're breathing really heavily. So that is a really obvious sign that we're in survival mode. The next thing we always suggest is when we see someone in that state, we offer a question with two options because you have to be in your cortex in order to answer a question. You cannot, and that's literally what the brain does. It kicks it into the cortex because now it has to process the thought of what's happening. If the person's already super dysregulated, throwing things across the room, screaming, slamming doors, that's not a time to ask the questions. That's the time to stay calm. If you can tell they're starting to feel uncomfortable and like, oh, you can feel that feeling coming in, that's the time to grab them right before they go any further deep into that survival brain. Hey, do you want to go out for a walk? Okay. Do you want to take your jacket with you or do you want to wear it? And that's very big in like the love and logic parenting is like offering the two options, giving them the choice so they have the autonomy to choose, but then ultimately you're giving that parameter of how to answer versus an open-ended question, which is just like, how are you feeling? They're like, I don't know why I'm feeling. I'm upset. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know. I can't answer that. So give them something to focus on. Yeah. And that can be the same thing for adults because- with an adult, if you see that they're starting to get upset, for example, let's say you're you're driving somewhere and you missed the exit or you took the wrong exit and they're starting to get upset, you can ask them, do you think I should take the next one or should we just keep going and see if we can find a U-turn? And like ask them to participate with you in the problem solving. And what you're really doing is helping them understand that there are solutions because once again, sometimes the pawns can only see what's right in front of it. Right. And And it's not able and what's wrong. And it's not able to zoom out and be like, Oh, it's actually not the end of the world. We'll just take the next one. Right. Or that's just one example, but it can be for anything. A hundred percent. And Paloma and I often, I often share from like the kid's perspective and parenting perspective. And Paloma always comes in as like, but adults need this too. Cause there's so many <laughs> dysregulated adults. And I'm like, oh my gosh, a hundred percent. So, um, and on that note, 
if you are working with a child, if you are the parent or if you're a teacher, caregiver, and you have a child, the best thing to do when you see them going into their ponds is to get right in front of them and offer some tactile feedback. That means putting your hands on their shoulders, you're speaking from a calm space and you're right in front of them. When a ponds is really underdeveloped, that means like the hot mess express people, if you are behind them, you don't exist because again, the brain is looking for what's in front of it. Threat, threat, threat. Where are you at? If you're behind me, you don't exist. It's important to keep in mind though, if you have somebody who has like tactile sensitivities, of course, don't touch somebody that doesn't like being touched. If you know that about them already, but you can also do that. Like Denny was like with an adult, like make sure you're standing there and they understand that you're here with them. Right. Because if they're starting to get to that point where they're dysregulated What's what usually happens if they get to that super, super triggered state that we were talking about earlier, people usually kind of get away from them. Right. So right. once you start to sense it at a lower level, if you, you say, Hey, I'm here, I'm not going to leave because this is probably something they've experienced since they were little is I have uh you know, I have a huge reaction. I have a huge tantrum and everybody leaves. So that's what I learned to do, right? Right. You push people away. That brings me to a point. It's not here in our notes, but it just made me think of it. And it's such a major important thing is co-regulation, right? So when you're calm, you can help someone regulate. And that's what we're saying here. But there's also just the simple thing of giving someone a hug. So many times when my four-year-old was having big feelings and big emotions and having a survival moment, I would just go up and pick her up and hug her. And she would at first try to fight it a little bit. And then ultimately she just melt in my arms. And we were actually just reading something about the primitive reflexes and how all of the grasping reflexes mm-hmm. are designed so that babies understand and start to start to relate touch to nurture, caring, safety, food, right? Like everything that's going to keep them alive, right? That's why our skin is intimately connected to our nervous system. Just knowing the stuff that we just talked about today is going to help you manage somebody or help somebody get through that moment or even just know how to react, right? Or how to respond, I should say, when you see that somebody's in that fight, flight, freeze, even fawn mode. In the end, the one thing that's actually going to help it so it doesn't keep happening is creeping and crawling and reorganizing your brain. And we keep coming back to this because it truly is the one thing that's going to create lasting change. And so that's our message here is to help people understand themselves and understand people around them. And that's where that's how you're going to be able to meet people where they are and meet people where you are, right? Not have these expectations for yourself that you're supposed to operate in a certain way when maybe you start to learn about this and you start to do the creep and do the quiz and you're like, wait, my central nervous system is super dysregulated. Why do I have these expectations for myself that I have to be at this like calm, stable state all the time? You got to hold space for yourself as well and use some of these tools on yourself, right? While you're getting that, that brain reorganization in. And I think the biggest part too is now that you start to gain the awareness of what's happening within yourself, the world around you, now you can start to discern, like what is helping you? Are you enjoying the patterns you're you're in? Are you seeing that the habits that you do day to day are helping you become your best and most authentic self? Or are you like, I really want to break this pattern. I really want to get out of this. This is a big piece too, is like, When we go into relationships, especially if you just took the quiz, you're like, oh my gosh, my spouse is such a hot mess express. 
I've got to get him to do this. It's like, no, you can't. You can never force someone else to do this work. Mm-hmm. But what we tried. You, yeah, <laughs> that is true. We have tried very hard. Um, and guess what? We got nowhere with it. Um, so the part is, is like you look at it and you go, okay, that's you. But what can I now go do to take care of me? I... Thank everybody for listening. Please follow us on social media and tag us in your videos. We love mm-hmm. getting videos of people creeping and crawling. It's super fun. We can give you a little bit of feedback of what's going on in your in your brain. We started to get some questions uh, from some of our followers on Instagram about things they want to listen to on the podcast. So if that's you, please reach out. We really want to help everybody, you know, spread the word. Like we always say, we want to spread the word. The brain can change. Life can get easier and you can do it at home, any day, at any age. Please follow us. Our Instagram is in the cortex underscore US. Our TikTok is in underscore the underscore cortex. Our Facebook is in the cortex US. And our website is www.inthecortex.com. And guess what? Our email is hello at inthecortex.com. And you can get $10 off your first payment of our program if you use promo code Brainiac. Because guess what? We are all Brainiacs. Yes, we are. Um, And yeah, that's it. Thanks for being here. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.